Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio, featuring The Crew, where a former pro football player and a D3 All-Star use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about anything but. Now here's John and Tex. Hey, Power Athlete Nation. Welcome to another episode of the premier podcast in strength and conditioning. I'm John. And Tex, hello. Hi, how are you? It's a beautiful morning, and I am so happy to be here to answer some amazing questions from our hotline. That's always hot. Oh, hot, steaming, piping. And for those of you guys that don't know, which is impossible because we talk about it all the time, we have this deal called the hotline, and we ask you, the listener, to call in, leave questions, and then we put special Power Athlete Radio episodes together to answer those questions. And that hotline can be found at 929 464-464-0. 929-ing-ing-0. So we've put this deal together because with thousands of people following power athlete programs around the world, people have questions. We have people doing nutrition protocols, finding and using the training in amazing and interesting ways. And invariably, we can't answer every single question on the feeds, but we do. But sometimes people need a little bit extra, and we have this deal called the hotline to answer those questions. So if you have questions, you're a listener, hit us up on the hotline, and maybe it'll spark our interest, and then we will do a deep dive and blow it out of the water. Those questions can either be voicemail, like you literally call in and we put you on the air like our caller today. Literally or figuratively? Or text. Would text be figuratively on the I think that. I don't know. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I should ask the... The rhetorician? The the rhetorician? Is that what it's called? Yeah, I'm what's... uh, I'd like to mark myself as a modern rhetorician. All right. Yeah, as a modern rhetorician. Uh, I think an argument can be made either way. I mean, just like I say, I ran into a guy that liked to speak about himself in the fourth person. Oh, Explain. So you've obviously heard about people speaking about themselves in the third person where well, they refer like, to themselves like, hey, John's going to do this. Yeah. That famous Seinfeld episode where Elaine mixes it up because the dude talks third person. So fourth person is when you just start referring to yourself as we. So we are going to do this. Uh, I, well, I default to that speaking as a, a coach because we as we'll just say power athlete, we feel this is the right blah, blah, blah. Like, But when reality it's just you that feel that way, but yet what you want to do is bring the whole team in I, to take it to another dimension, which has got to be the fourth dimension. Okay. I didn't know. I do that by default, so I don't sound like an asshole when speaking to parents on behalf of the other coaches. <laughs> well, maybe maybe there's a val- or maybe there's validation and benefit in speaking in the fourth dimension where you're really speaking in like the third person, or sorry, fourth person. Speaking in the third person just makes you seem like a pompous asshole. Right. Yeah. And sometimes the first person, I feel this way. And then there is a lot of I feels. There's a lot of feeling going on. I don't know if there's a lot of feeling going here in Power Athlete because the floor is so cold, but we're working it through things. Blood's flowing and we're ready to rock. Well, you know who's a hard feeler? Our caller today. Who's our caller today? Oh, it's Fig from Newton? New Haven. Oh, Fig moved. Our boy from Fig Newton took a move over to New Haven. It's good that he's checked in, you know? I feel like what he does is he has a long commute. He gets in there, listens to the podcast, and then calls the hotline. Yes. And what's funny is this is the second take. His first take, he had to stop because he got cut off. Maybe we'll play that at the end. Yeah. He got <laughs> cut <funny>. short. <laughs> right. That's my move. Oh, the stop short? Uh, the best. Another Seinfeld reference. Dude. Way to go. We're two. Uh, two I, in. I How many more can we fit? I don't think that a podcast 
without a movie quote or a Seinfeld reference is really a podcast. I, I concur. Do you yeah, concur? I concur. All right. I'm going to go ahead and play on this little guy. Hey crew. I have a question for you. This is fig in new Haven hollering at you. My question involves programming, i.e. what is the best power athlete program for me? Um, my schedule has dramatically increased from last semester. I'm now taking 11 classes, and I need much more quality time in the cadaver lab and in the clinic. So I don't have access to my home gym as often as I did last semester. I'm looking at about one or two times a week. And then other than that, I have the apartment gym, which is okay. I mean, I got a step mill. Uh, in my room, I have my assault bike and dumbbells up to 50. So uh, if you were me, if your toes were in my shoes, limited time, need maximum return, what would you do? Bye. Interesting. I'm glad to know that uh, Fig has moved over to New Haven, but I think it's a very, very real problem that people are running into. Uh-huh. And this is not a con or this is not an uncommon problem and a problem that we've dealt with for a number of years. People have things like school, new parents, you know, 50, 60 hours a week in jobs, travel, all the other things that really just get in the way of your training experience. And years ago, I designed this program called Grindstone. You could find it at powerathletehq.com backslash grindstone. Is that a forward slash or a backslash? John? Oh, it is a forward slash. So apologies to our <laughs> listeners. Uh, I am the most tech illiterate well, person ever. And I've been saying backslash when it's actually a the forward slash. Right. Yeah. So it's, I think we got our angles mixed up on that one. So but, my uh, bad. Yep. So thanks text. So we are going to go with forward slash grindstone. Uh-huh. And that program was originally developed for a good friend of ours, fortune 500 CEO, that had a few goals. One, he wanted to be the strongest CEO in America and he wanted to be the baddest dude out there. And he pretty much accomplished her goal. He benched 400 pounds at age like 43 years old, uh, you know, hit it. I mean, he still trains like a madman. And that original template that I wrote for him really morphed into Grindstone mm-hmm. and what we see. And Grindstone's very simple. It's based on a mandatory upper and lower or what I call, you know, mandatory A and B, but it's really upper lower. We'll hit, um, you know, we use power athlete templates. We use a ton of volume. We use intensity and I vary through the different cycles, uh, a ton of accessory work. And then on the second day, you're going to come back, you're going to hit your upper. We do different planes of motion, vertical press, vertical pull, ton of horizontal and vertical pulling, and then accessory work, usually with some shoulders and arms. And then there are four optional days for you to backfill your training. So I need you to bang out those first two, however you get them. If you travel all week and your first training day is Friday, then it's a Friday, Saturday, and then you're going to hit what you can get in on Sunday. And those days usually are broken up into some form of aerobic capacity. So we put a big, big, big emphasis on building a big aerobic base. We have a glycolytic day, which is going to be a little more similar to what you'd see in CrossFit, a little mixed modal, you know, triplets double or um, couplets and triplets usually sub 15 minute time domain. Uh, we have a hypertrophy day, which is going to include some blood flow restriction training. We're actually came off about 18 weeks of BFR and people liked it so much that I'm kind of alternating it in a day, day one, day two kind of a deal. And then we have 
some form of glycolytic, we got an aerobic, we got a hypertrophy day, and then we got just a straight up conditioning day. Mm-hmm. And that can be really varying anything. It can be used with the barbell, salt belly, uh, salt bike, or any air bike, or really any implement. I mean, as soon as I heard Fig talk about a step mill, I got kind of excited. There's a step mill on Facebook right now that I've been eyeballing. Oh, beautiful. I know that's on Kate's oh, Christmas list. My, uh, my wife has been asking for a step mill in the gym for as long as we built that place. And back in the day when we were in uh, Newport Beach, as I was driving uh, from my house to, you know, Costa Mesa, where, where Power Athlete was, I drove by this gym called Metrics. And in there, they had like this whole bay of cardio equipment. And every step mill was taken on and taken up like all day by different girls that were training for like figure and bodybuilding and whatnot. It was kind of a, you know, pretty serious gym in that way with a lot of fitness competitors. And those girls, dude, hammered that thing. So when Callie and I were doing 22 Jack Street, what do you think we did? We got on that step mill. And I'm telling you, that thing is awful. Well, yeah, you got to walk till you can't feel feelings. Yeah. If we're looking at a cardio piece of equipment, he had some options. He's got the step mill and he's got his bike. And we got two. So how are the condo days laid out? So you have an oxidative a little bit longer. You have sub 15 minutes. So I imagine that's more of a more the glycolytic uh, wad style. And, and then, then the hypertrophy day is usually going to be some form of heavy pull, some form of, you know, just heavy hinging. And then usually just some classic bodybuilding hypertrophy work. And how much, how long do these sessions last? Uh, you can get the mandatory upper and lower done. I'm hoping inside of 60 minutes, maybe 65. If you go slow, there's warmups in there. So it really depends on how much time you're taking in your warmups. But I'm always trying to get people in. I got this real like economy of time going with with Grindstone where I'll go in and kind of test the workouts. And if things are kind of too many sets or whatever. Um, The other thing, and this is unique or this is not new. new This is not unique. It's funny. I did all those warmups with unique New York and I totally stumbled on that word. Um, Something that's universal to all power athlete programs is I'm only interested in the working sets. So right. when you see and like you go right. to like your barbell work or strength work, or you're into something, and you see three sets. Um, I'm expecting at least a couple warm ups, two or three warm ups building up to those first working sets. So, you know, back in the day, we used to just program a five RM, just one set. And people were super confused by this. Like, well, what do I do for the warm ups? I don't know. How many sets do you need to work up to your five RM? Now, let's say I were to prescribe three warm up sets to your five RM and there were four total sets, but you squat 135 and I squat 600. So when I do my squats, 135, 225, 315, 405, 455, 500, 550, 600. So I'm already at eight sets before I get to my first working set. Now, let's say you do 135 and you do a bar for 45, you do 65, 95, and then you hit 135, you're at four sets. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of an interesting piece. Like, what does it take you to get warm and ready? Uh, And, you know, especially with like the prep, for example, and the warm up movements. I program that and there might be three or four sets of that. Um, we don't stop. So as soon as I get in, I walk to the next one and I keep moving. And it was funny. There was a guy yeah. on Jack Street the other day that uh, was pretty upset that I wasn't programming warm uh, rest times on the warmups. Which was, was kind of interesting. One, because I've never had that question and I've never had that gripe. But two, I don't know how much time you have to train. Yeah. So like I'm thinking about economy of time like... You know, if you have 60, 70 minutes, I'm not going to burn 30 minutes of your time in the warm up. If you have two hours to train, I'll gladly steal 30 minutes from you to make sure we pattern and get you ready. But this all comes down to you as an adult. You're following uh-huh. a, a program online. You as an adult, I'm assuming a certain wherewithal. And 
uh, a certain amount of, of um, independence for you to get in there, warm up, do what you need to warm up without me telling you how long to rest. Because And also, I don't know how good a shape you're in. The bigger the aerobic base, the better the level of fitness, probably the less time you need to warm up. I also don't know what the temperature is. It was cold oh. today in the gym. And having to go through and hammer that thing out to get a good sweat going takes a little bit more on days where it's 100 degrees here in Texas. I'm naturally going to go a little slower in the warm up because I'm already warmed up by the time I walk to the building. So um, the beauty of Grindstone and whenever somebody shoots me an email and asks, hey, what program should I follow? And their first question is time is an issue and I'm still want to get strong, but time is an issue and I need something flexible. It's always Grindstone. And if we look at the the archetype of that person whose time is short, we got the student like our, our friend Fig from Newton, we have the new parent, we yep. have the business professional. Yep. This program is- We, we also use it too with uh, guys that are, um, you know, like we have boxers, guys that and, are the BJJ mm-hmm. that, that are doing training uh, that are outside of gym. Like, hey, I'm, I'm rolling and boxing five days a week. I'm doing my MMA training and I need a strength program that I can hit two or three days that are going to make sure my strength is on point. Grindstone's usually the program we recommend for that. Uh-huh. And often, so if we look across that board, Many of those individuals are under recovered, but they can't not do anything. It's important we don't further their deficit when it comes to, you know, there's, this is a really interesting thing. And something I was actually thinking about when uh, we were training this morning is what is the effect the, what is the minimal effective dose that an individual needs? So I, I think what happens when you've been training for, you know, 30 years, like I have, you know, like I, I go back into the register, into my mind, and I remember these kind of like, you know, die on your sword workouts that we did in the NFL and I've done through my life. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if those workouts were too much and if really the function of like as you age a little bit is that maybe the same effective dose that I needed when I was 20 or 30 might not be the same as 40. And there might be a need for maybe a shorter, harder hit. Like I remember seeing a Jason Statham quote. Um, dude's not a big dude, but he's in good shape. And he made an interesting point about the body's a lot like uh, dynamite. If you plant dynamite and you have a charge and you kind of tap it a little, it's not going to go off. But if you hit it really hard with a hammer once, it'll explode. And I always thought that was an interesting thing. Whereas I feel like volume a lot of times is just a lot of hammer strikes where sometimes you just got to smash it. And, you know, if you look at like Mike Metzner and Dorian Yates and a lot of those guys programs, they were one set to failure you know, hey, you're going to do all this warm up and build up into one maximal all intensive set that once you hit all your concentric failure, now you're going to go to eccentrics. You're going to have a partner driving you past what you thought was possible. Um, while that's not necessarily feasible for a lot of people training in a garage gym with a barbell setting. Um, but there is something to be said about building up to one set and really just understanding, getting your work done and then getting home and really focusing on recovery. Um, I remember reading an article years ago about Dorian Yates, who would, by the time he would, or his whole training clock was 60 minutes and he would do that four days a week. And I had a hard time believing that that dude was able to craft one of probably the most impressive physiques with four hours of training a week. Uh, it's like that, uh, four hour work week guy. Yeah. I, well, What's his face? Uh, yeah. Uh, I think what Yates was talking about was 60 minutes total of work. He was probably in the gym for three hours. Doesn't count as warmups. But like when he looked at his final sets, they probably like, hey, this final set's going to take X amount of time. So I think for people who have, you know, 
something going on that's taking precedence over their training, whether that, like we said, whether you're in school, you're like fig, you know, you got 11 classes, you got a new baby, you got this job. that's just kicking you in the balls every single day. You got travel, you got all these other things happening. Uh, grindstone is by far the best solution that I've found. And if there was something better, I'd tell you about it, but I think it's as good as there is out there. The a couple notes, if people are interested in digging deeper, Dr. Chris Morris presented at the 2019 Power Athlete Symposium covering much of training included the general adaptation syndrome. So a little gas that is that enough stress to then drive adaptation while he's working with some division one football players at university of Kentucky, he's still applying this principle as we would set up the athletes on grindstone that have a little less demanding performance wise, but more demanding lifestyles. Well, the, the thing which is also great about Grindstone is there's enough testing in there. There's enough stuff where it's like, hey, you got 15 minutes, give me max sets. I mean, we're testing enough in there with rep maxes and doing some compensatory acceleration work and jumps and whatnot to train, uh, you know, not only just maximally, but optimally mm-hmm. and still continue to train like an athlete. I think all too often as people's programs, they tend to age, it becomes less athletically based. And I think you got to be able to step squat lunge. You got to be able to jump. You got to throw, you got to hinge. You got to be able to spin and rotate and transverse plane. So we got to add enough of that in there and you got to be smart. Quick question. What would our grindstoners look for now that they know, okay, oh, this feels like a test day as John just described it at this moment. Uh, Are they looking to just maintain how they perform on a test day or are they looking to, for little increments of improvement as a new rep max or a performance-based obstacle is programmed. I think um, uh, Dave Hoff, uh, who was one of the you know uh, powerlifters out of Westside, made a really interesting comment where he said, I make a living on five-pound PRs. If I can go into every meet and make a five-pound PR, I'll basically be the world champion. I'll be the strongest dude on the planet. And I always kind of took that a little bit where, you know, as long as I go in and I'm a little bit better than I was the day before, even if it's a five pound PR or even if I'm able to kind of hit these things. And I think the way that we kind of cycle through the volume and intensity and focus on the movements, everybody gets stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, the uh, I remember one time, you know, talking about some programs and a guy's like, hey, I did this bench program and I got stronger. He put five pounds on his bench in a year. And I'm like, yeah, you did get stronger. But did you waste a lot of time when you could have made much more gains? And when I looked at his program, it was just crushing volume. Uh, Mm -hmm. He wasn't able to handle the volume. And, you know, we've gone and we've had discussions on that big monkey, small monkey mentality where some people just can just handle, you know, oodles and oodles of volume and other people just can't. It shatters them. So I think there has to be a little bit of cycling between volume and intensity and you also understanding how much you need. I know for me, uh, it's somewhere between 10 to 12 sets per body part. If we're going to do warm ups and I'm going to do one set to failure, I need to at least make sure I get three or four or five sets in the workup. Um, you know, like we were, and then you just have like to, y'all are hitting it today. Yeah. Yeah. We were hitting it today and, uh, you know, just keeping an eye on sets for at least this portion, uh, you know, the next little two week jump that we'll do, we'll probably add a little bit more and try to just keep just kind of, just kind of bouncing. And it's almost, um, the analogy is a lot like an EQ. You know, so we are all hearing something as I start adjusting those knobs, all of a sudden now I can really bring it into tune, but that comes from being consistent, following a program and having somebody with a plan. It's a great picture and visualization of one of the power athlete principles we teach in the methodology, accelerated adaptation. 
mm-hmm. and the John Wellbornism. Move that dirt with a spoon. That's it, right? Oddly <laughs> enough, <laughs> if I had known that that quote was going to be so quoted, I probably would have thought about it a little bit more. Uh, but it's actually pretty cool. I just uh, got off the phone or, or just off email and, and Insta chat with uh, with our branding guy and the guy who's printing our flags. So Ooh. we are doing a whole line of power athlete secret flags. Drop, John. Oh yeah, we're doing a whole line of power athlete flags for Move the Dirt. And it's pretty cool because they're going to send me the first 100 and I'm going to autograph a number. Oh, so wow. we're going to do a special edition autographed John Walborn move the dirt flags, which I'm pretty excited about. So uh, I don't know if we're ever going to sign anymore, but I'm definitely going to sign the first hundred. So I think that'll be pretty epic. Oh, baby. You heard it here first. Final note. Some of these highlights, John, I've also heard from our episode number 351 with Dr. Keith Barr mm. and he dropped five things, five commandments for long-term health that we are hearing and experiencing on the Grindstone program and some other things. The first is eat fruits and vegetables. Yes. Second, go to failure on lifts at least two times a week. Three, hit daily activity. Very Grindstone-esque. Number four, go hard to the out-of-breath point at least one time a week. Yep. See that on Grindstone. And finally, never... I think this was for you, John, at this moment in time. Never immobilize anything. So I guess with with the warm-ups we're included in our Grindstone program, we're hitting all five of these and assuming that you're eating your fruits and vegetables, eating your vitamins and saying your prayers. Mm, Hulkamania stuff. (laughs) Yeah, no, that Keith Barr podcast has still been one of our best performers and actually one I go back and listen to. Um, and I've been, you know, I've implemented a bunch of stuff from that podcast. If you guys aren't familiar with that one, that's episode 351, 351. Um, you know, the inclusion of drink or, uh, you know, making or putting collagen in my shakes every day to try to increase, um, you know, tissue quality for my shoulder, I think has been helpful. And then also doing a mix of loading and shear for, uh, for my shoulders. So pretty excellent podcast. If you guys have a time, go back and listen to that one. Yes. All right. Fig. Asked and answered in all of you wondering about Grindstone, I believe we laid down a great foundation of what you'll experience on there. Two mandatory days, four optional days of what you're feeling, what you have time for. And John, it's delivered all on Monday on our Train Heroic calendar. And you have the opportunity to personalize it for your your training day. Yeah, I mean, in the years past... Um, I would load always the mandatory days on Saturday and Sunday, and then I would just backfill and, and had the days like Wednesday was an aerobic day. And the reason being is the original template was written with, Hey, Saturday, Sundays are always open. Yeah. So I need those theoretically be- longest, most, yeah. you don't have to work. But when train heroic added the functionality of being able to move workout days around all of a sudden now we weren't constrained with that anymore. So we just loaded all the days on Monday. And then we just allow people that are falling grindstone to kind of add wherever they're going to go. If they're going to bang it on Monday, they execute it and then they'll move the next day and just kind of move it. So a little minority report. Oh, I love it. Tom, and of course, Tom Cruise must be mentioned. That is the power athlete radio principle <laughs> at least once an episode. Yeah. yeah. I'm not All mad right. about it. All right. Fig asked and answered if John, where do people go? If anyone else has a question uh, about training, nutrition, or just life. Well, you can go to info at powerathlete.com or sorry, powerathletehq.com, or you can leave a message or text 
or really even smoke signals to the podcast or to the pa- <laughs> to the podcast hotline. No dick pics. Yeah, nine two nine four six four four six four zero nine two nine ing ing zero. Send it. Send it. We'll answer it. So. With that, thank you to tuning in to another episode of the Premier Podcast and Strength Conditioning. Power at the Now it's time for you to empower your performance. Head to powerathletehq.com backslash training to choose from a number of programs to meet your specific performance goals. And if you like to break a mental sweat too, visit academy.powerathletehq.com and become a real stakeholder in you or your athlete's success. Until next time, bye!